welcome to the lightning round. Welcome to episode 38 of the Dave Kirshner Lightning Round Podcast. It is week 46 in the 46 Quadrennial Hunger Games. And uh, episode 38 represents the last uh, preparedness show for 2021. Um, The wife and kids will be off on Christmas break starting on Friday... So, uh, I'm going to record this show, and episode 39 will be the last uh, jackassery minute for 2021, and uh, I will resume episodes uh, the first week of January, Uh, so I look forward to coming back and doing that. Uh, I've been speaking with John Jeffers, uh, texting, talking on the phone, what have you. And I think I mentioned this in a previous episode, but uh, he wants me to start looking at doing video. And um, so, uh, over the two weeks that uh, I'm going to be off from the show and from work, well, I shouldn't say I'm off from work. The assignment that I'm currently on um, is putting all non, uh, call them, bank employees on furlough. So all contractors are furloughed for the last two weeks of the year. I'm still getting paid. My employer, the the company that actually signs my check, um, we we have a choice. We can either burn PTO, paid time off, a.k.a. vacation hours, or we can do training. And I know that uh, in the spring, I'm planning on taking a week off to go watch my daughter play lacrosse in the southeast and go on a quail hunt. Um, I know that my friend's dad is planning some stuff next fall for uh, possibly a pheasant hunt out in Nebraska or maybe a duck hunt next year um, somewhere in the Mississippi Flyway and possibly more duck hunting here in Ohio. Um So I want to try and save my my vacation time. Plus, it'll be the last summer that uh, both girls will be home. Uh, I mean, they'll be home for their summer breaks from college, but next summer is the last summer before my youngest goes off to college. Um, So I'm not sure what the summer has in store for us. I know I've got a couple hunting trips, and so I want to try and save as much PTO as I can for the coming year for 2022. Uh, So I'm going to do training for the two weeks, which is fine. Um, I like doing training. I like building my knowledge base, even if it's not in in the preparedness and and self-sufficiencies disciplines. But for today's show, uh, I've got uh, three things. Well, technically, well, yeah, it's three things. So uh, the first, and I... I, you know, I was looking through my notes and for, for previous episodes, and I, I, I mentioned this topic almost kind of in passing, but 
I wanted to give you uh, some more detailed information. And, and this is becoming more and more prevalent to me because uh, of the ages of my children, um, it's easier for me to travel to, say, uh, friends to go hunting. It's, it's easier for them to come to me. Um, you know, this, the, the trip to Lake Erie was the first time I had duck hunted in Ohio because I had always gone to them. Because his children, uh, or their children actually, were, were much younger. And it's difficult to travel when your kids are that young. You know, you want to you wanna stay home. You want to help with the wife and the family and the rearing of the children. And, and it's difficult to get away. And you feel almost selfish for doing it. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I, I, I golf so rarely now. It's because, you know, when my kids were little, I mean, I grew up in Pinehurst, for goodness sake. It's the well. It was the golf capital of the world till they moved it to Florida. But you know, uh, golf was just ingrained. It was just what you did. Uh, I remember working for a bank down in Charlotte, and they would have meetings and you, and the and you know whatever requirements meeting I scheduled. I I remember distinctly. I got a phone call from my manager. And said, "Hey, your 9 a.m. requirements meeting is now a 7 a.m. tea time at such and such golf course." It was just ingrained in what we did. They conducted business on the golf course. So uh, to, to, ha to, to have grown up in Pinehurst and then worked for a company where golf was uh, part and parcel to getting work done, um, it was very hard and weird to not golf like I used to uh, when I moved to Ohio. And it just... I don't know, when the kids came along and it was like, you know, how selfish am I to go out on a Saturday with, you know, an infant and a toddler or two toddlers and I'm going to, hey, I'm going to be golfing for the next four to six hours depending on how many schmucks are out there trying to chase the little white ball around, you know, and my wife's looking at me like, you must be out of your damn mind. No, you're not. You know, okay, fine, I'll go play nine holes. I'll be back in two or three hours. That was more acceptable. <laughs> But, I mean, you get the point. It's, it's difficult when you're trying to balance um, some me time, some sanity checks uh, with, you know, the raising of a family. And, you know, you need to make sure that the spouse is getting some, some time to herself or himself. And so, um, I don't know, it just, it, it's easier for me to travel now is is kind of the point of all that. It's easier for him to travel and, and, and for them to travel, I should say. But um, two of the guys that were supposed to go with us to Lake Erie, uh, they could only hunt on Monday. And because Monday got canceled due to gale force winds, they couldn't go. Um, but they both live here in Ohio, and they're only 45 minutes away from me. So... Um, I'm hoping that uh, between now and the end of the season, because uh, Ohio's weird, um, and, and your state might have something like this as well, so you definitely want to check your regs, but Ohio actually has three hunting zones, and the dates, the start and end dates, and the number of open dates varies by zone. So we have the marsh zone, which is up around, it's up Lake Erie, it's all, all along the coast of Lake Erie. By and large. 
uh, and we explored a, a great deal of the western side of that while we were up there last week. Then you have uh, the northern zone, or the north zone, and that's everything um, from the marsh zone south, and this is going to sound odd, all right, so the state of Ohio is bisected east to west um, by Interstate 70. The north zone stops about a county north of I-70. And everything from that line down, including the I-70 corridor, comp comprises the south zone. So, uh, this uh, gentleman has invited me to go with him uh, while our kids are home on um, uh, Christmas break. Particularly my older daughter, she's, she's dating his son. Um, so... We're gonna we're gonna try and go out a couple times during my two weeks of furlough, and uh, and so he's got a spot, and that got me to thinking. Aha! I know of a place where I can go to get uh, USGS topographical maps, and so I wanted to share that with you. That's topic number one. Where can you get free? topographical maps and so these I'm using them right now for hunting but I have <laughs> unsurprisingly I have a three ring binder um, where I have printed out these quad maps um, technically it's five so it's more of a pentamap <laughs> uh, so the first map that they give you is an overview of the entire area and then the subsequent four after that are detailed blow-ups of that area broken up into four quadrants. And uh, I started using this service and printing these maps uh, when I was looking for a particular, uh, looking at a particular area for a particular piece of property. Um, and, and those things are great because... Um, if you know where you want to look, you know, or if, or if you know, hey, such and such property is coming up for sale, or you and the wife and the family or whomever, you know, you and your buddies are looking for a, a, some, some land to make a hunt camp, whatever. Um, uh, in, in our genre, post-apocalyptic, dystopian, uh, societal collapse, preparedness, self-sufficiency, whatever, whatever name you want to ascribe to, um, but your area around, you know, your property or, um, or, or your little suburb or your little, uh, development, wherever you live, that's called your AO, your area of operation. And if you know the terrain, obviously from walking it, not just from looking at a map, but getting out there and, and hiking it and looking for the draws and looking for the ridges and looking for the, you know, seasonal water or year-round water uh, areas, supplies, um, what kind of trees, uh, what kind of plants, you know, you're, you're, you're getting all of that information by walking the area. But you can use these USGS maps and, and your own printer and you can print these things off. So you can go zoom in on your property and print off a USGS map. Um, you can go look at some land that you're looking at uh, to, you know, say it's 50 acres and you want to set up deer stands and you want to know where the draws are, where the water is, where the food supply is, whatever. You can look at that 
and at least see the terrain. And they're they're easy to get to. The the uh, screen navigation is very simple. But you want to go to this is all one word. Uh, Nat Geo Maps. N A T G E O M A P S. NatGeoMaps.com slash trail maps and those two words are hyphenated slash pdf quads and those two words are hyphenated so the website you want to go to is www.natgeomaps.com slash trail hyphen maps slash pdf hyphen quads that's plural quads with an s so if you go to those, um, you can go in and see and get an understanding of what your terrain might look like for a potential land purchase, looking at what your terrain looks like for a recent land purchase if you haven't already done this. Um, but nothing's better than walking the land and, and, and seeing it with your own eyes to get it, while looking at the map, to get a, a 360 degree view of what your land looks like. And this is very advantageous when somebody's trying to get onto your land. Uh, so you know where they might travel, where they can be hemmed in. Um, you know, if, if you're chasing after a poacher, for example, like my buddy was. Um, so that, that's very helpful. And so that's kind of number one, and that's 1A. 1B is, in addition to these uh, topographical maps, these USGS quad maps, what I recommend you do is, you know, if you're, you know, if you and your, and your wife or you and your husband or significant other or, you know, whatever, whatever and however your family dynamic is composed, if you guys are doing research and you're looking for land, you're in the same boat I am, right? So you're, you're looking for land, you're saving up for land, you want to, you know, you, you would prefer not to finance it, you'd like to pay cash for it, which is a limiting factor, because not a lot of people are capable of saving up, you know, $125,000 or $50,000. But, you know, you want to put down at least 20. I would recommend you put down at least half. Uh, that gets you a, a much better interest rate. It gets you a much better term. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not providing financial advice. I'm just saying that's what I would do. At a minimum, I would put down half if I couldn't afford the whole thing. So that's what I'm saving up for. But because I'm doing a lot of land searches online, um, um, and, and to give you some insight, so the I use three different websites, um, and I, I see different things on, on each of the three. Some of the pieces of land will be on a couple of them, but um, uh, I go with, with Mossy Oak Properties. That's the website, mossyoakproperties.com. Um, you can find some things on realtor.com. And then another one that I find a, a, a tad fascinating is landsofamerica.com. And, uh, and every once in a while when I want to, you know, look at, uh, you know, my wife is never going to leave Ohio, not as long as her parents are still alive. And, 
you know, I every once in a while I'll go look at property over in uh, Montana, Idaho, Wyoming, um, Eastern Washington. You know, James Wesley Rawls American Redoubt. Um, but their his kids have a have a website. It's a survival realty. So every once in a while I'll go on that one too. But if you know that you're looking for land in a specific state, this is with the whole point of 1B, um, what I tell you to do, because when you're going to these websites, you don't always really recognize or, or understand where certain counties are located. Um, you know, I've been in Ohio now for 20 years, and uh, when they mention the name of a county, I automatically, I recognize the name of the county because I've heard them all, but I don't always know where that county is. But because I've been doing so many land searches over the last, I don't know, three, four years, um, I know the names of the counties that run along the Ohio river. So I know that, you know, when I see Scioto County, that's going to run along the Ohio River. If I see Gallia, Miggs, Washington, Monroe, these all run along the Ohio River. But just inside of that, I know where Vinton County is because that's where my book series takes place. It's the least populated, most heavily forested county in the state. It's also the poorest county in the state. But I know that because of that research, because of living here, because of traveling to the area, I know that Vinton County is surrounded by Ross, Hawking, and Athens counties, Miggs, Gallia, Jackson, Pike. All these counties surround the one that I'm in because I was writing and the characters were going into these other counties, these other towns. Um, and I know that surrounding Franklin County, which is the capital county, so it's got Columbus in this county, um, I know that, you know, I got a buddy of mine that lives in Fairfield County. That's southeast of the city. And then I got another friend that lives up in Morrow County. That's two counties north of me. Morrow County is also where Cardinal Shooting Center is. So my point is, in addition to the topographical maps, when you're doing your land searches, what I recommend you do is print a county map of your state, uh, preferably with different colored counties so they're not all it's not just black and white i would do it in color but that's just me you can do it in black and white that's just fine it just makes it a little bit harder to see and differentiate some of the county names especially when you've got some long ones like tuscawaras that's not a short name or ashtabula you know you're like what the heck where'd that name come from but i also have a i've been reading a book it's about the history of the state of ohio and how it was settled um, and where it was settled and, you know, all of the trials and, and, and hardships that these people went through just to get to Ohio, to get the money up for the expedition to go explore Ohio. Uh, and then the things that they encountered once they were in Ohio, uh, what became known as Ohio and a large number of the names that you see for the counties. This is the same for all of the states. Uh, a lot of your county names are going to be derived from the people that settled that area. And Ohio's no different. Um, they do have some counties that are named after some of the, the native tribes that were here, like Delaware, uh, Wyandotte, uh, for example. So 
number one thing for today's show is maps. Go get your 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 USGS uh, topographical maps, your quad maps. You can get those at natgeomaps.com slash trail hyphen maps slash pdf hyphen quads you can use uh, a number of different websites i've i've found that i get good results looking at mossy oak properties realtor.com um uh the the survival realty and lands of america so Depending on where you want to go, there might be a better option for you, but those are the ones that, that do well for me. Um, and then the 1B was get a map of your state so that when you're doing these property searches and they say, oh, it's located in Augalays County or Carroll County, uh, you can look at the map and familiarize yourself with how far away that might be, it's, it's particularly if you're in a bigger state like a Pennsylvania or a Montana or a Texas, you know, these, these states that, I mean, they are, they take up a lot of square miles and, you know, say you're living, I don't know, just Northwest of Philadelphia. Well, you probably know the county names on the East coast, but do you know the ones that are all the way against the, the Ohio border or the ones that are over, you know, between Pittsburgh and Harrisburg, do you know all of those county names? Probably not. So get your county map. And then when you're doing your property searches and it says, oh, well, there's 150 acres for sale for X dollars in such and such county, you can get out your county map and say, okay, well, from where I live here in Columbus, that trip to get to that county, to get to that property that's a 90-minute trip. And then my brain, because I'm a prepper and I'm all about preparedness and self-sufficiency, my brain says, okay, to get from Franklin County to Gallia County down on the Ohio River, that's a, that's a two-hour trip. Okay, how do I get there? Can I, do I have to get on an interstate? No, because no interstate runs through there. Okay, great. That's problem number one solved. Do I know anybody between Franklin and Gallia County where I could um, cash fuel or ammo or clothing or food to, so that if I'm on foot trying to make that two-hour drive on foot, which is now going to take you a day or two or three, depending on what you're running into, could be as long as a week. But mileage-wise, you're not—you know—you're talking about 120 miles, maybe. Um, so now my brain is thinking, okay, I need at least three or four routes to get to this place. Well, I know I don't want to go anywhere near Hocking and Vinton County because that is on, that's inside the foothills on the western side of the Appalachian Mountain Range. That's what I'm pushing up against. As I move west, I'm pushing up against the western side of the Appalachian Mountain Range. And trying to walk through those counties is going to be real taxing because it is nothing but up and down and up and down and all i mean i will find plenty of opportunities to get food because it's very rural there's a lot of deer and turkey and duck and goose wildlife in general in that area i mean i don't even have to go after something as big as a deer i could just eat squirrels all the way from or rabbits from franklin county all the way to gallia county but if you know where the counties are located and you know what the terrain looks like where you're where you've purchased, for example, 
but you need to get there and you have to get there on foot, you know, you need to know how far away that is if you have to, say, bug out and you're heading to your alternate location. This is how my brain works. These are the this is the type of stuff that gets me going, gets the juices flowing. I'm like, okay, I got a new route. I'm gonna try that this weekend. You know, let me see if I can if I can get there using this route or that route, you know, and take advantage of the fact that society has not collapsed and work these routes out while you still have a computer or, you know, or you can just try and figure it out the old fashioned way. Go buy a, you know, go to the gas station or go to the AAA office and get a state map, a current state map. You always want to keep trying to keep these maps current, you know, so every year or every two years, Go get a new map because new roads are constantly being built and there are um, uh, bypasses and things. I'll give you an example. I have a 2008 uh, car and it came with uh, a built-in GPS, which was great when I first bought the car. You know, I'd just punch in the address on my little nav because it wasn't on your phone. So I didn't have eight uh, map apps on my phone. Google and Apple Maps and Waze and, you know, I didn't have any of these things. So all I had was the the navigation system that was built into the car. Well, when I take that car down to go visit buddies and family, we go on vacation, whatever it is, if I look at that, if I try to punch in uh, an address, I'm going to wind up maintaining the original duration of, say, nine hours, but... I won't be able to take advantage of the fact that they put in bypasses so I can go around these cities. I don't have to go down Business 40 anymore to cut the corner from this new I-74 down to Interstate 40. I don't have to, you know, now I've got a bypass to get from 74 to 40 to 220 back to my hometown in Pinehurst. And 220 is a Route 220, not an interstate. But I-74 is now going to be this 220, be part of this 220. But if I look at my, my navigation screen when I'm on some of these roads because I'm using the app that's on my phone, it shows me just basically driving through the wilderness, driving through cornfields. It, it, it doesn't even show me on a road. That's how outdated the maps are. Now, I could go get a new map CD and put that into the car, but that's only going to be good for two or three years. And I'm not going to have the car that long. And the apps on my phone got better faster than anybody anticipated. And so the maps that you would get on the CD from, say, the dealership to load into your car, um, you know, they're, they're constantly, but by the time that CD comes out, the, the map is already a year old. So it's probably only good for another two years, you know, because new roads are coming online. All this stuff's under construction. So... Okay, so that's enough for maps. And number two, yesterday, so uh, what I want to talk to you about for the second topic was um, when, it, when it comes to food, right? So uh, I've been telling you guys for a while that you've got to take advantage when you see bargains, whether that's uh, going into uh, Sam's Club or walmart or you know your local grocer you got a fistful of coupons you know if you can get a good deal on you know get a dozen cans for you know six bucks it's 50 cents a can that's not bad 
you know, or if you can get, you know, um, you know, usually when I go to the grocery store, you know, you can get a pound of spaghetti and it's uh, 80 cents, you know, not, never more than a dollar. Um, but if I've got a coupon and I can get 10 pounds of spaghetti for a dollar because I've got something, you know, whether it's a rewards program that took so much off or whatever, you know, paying attention to when things go on sale. So I was in the store yesterday. And I wanted, um, I'm sorry, Sunday. I was in the store on Sunday. And I wanted meatloaf. I love meatloaf. And so I was getting, I didn't even, I was just looking for, you know, one and a half pounds. You know, something small, because there's only three of us. And, you know, because the fourth one's at college. And I was going through there, I was getting all the stuff for, for lunches. Uh, I've been making my, my children's lunches for uh, 18 years and you know because my wife is a school teacher so she's up at five and she's out the door by six and students are in her classroom by 715 and so uh, I I was always the guy who made the lunches and so this is my last year of making lunches for my daughters now I've picked up making lunch for my wife she thinks it's great because um, I pack all this food for her she's like oh my god I, just, I don't have to think about any of that <laughs> you know so anyway I was in the grocery store getting all the stuff for lunches for the next week. Because this is the last week and they're all in exams, so I didn't need quite as much. And I happened to be going through the seafood section. And, and the reason I was there is because my oldest daughter hates seafood. Uh, but my youngest daughter loves it. So I figured, you know, we've got one week left until the picky eater comes home and we're all eating chicken again. Um... I'll go through the seafood section, see if there's anything in there that's on sale. Maybe I've got an online coupon for that or something. And lo and behold, on you know they you know how they have those coolers that you can walk around the cooler. You know you have an end cap, so they have different things in each end cap, and then you in the middle they've got whatever it is. You know all of the bags of of uh, fish. You know whether it's salmon or it's a white fish of some kind or. Every once in a while, I'll find some rainbow trout in there, and I'll buy it, because I love rainbow trout. You know, but on the other side, it's like, here's a 10-pound a turkey or, a you know, a, a, an 8-pound ham, whatever it is. Well, I happen to be coming up on that cooler, and that's usually the cooler where I find my buy-one-get-one-free uh, roast. And so I was expecting to see roast, but what I found was 3-pound packages of hamburger... For a buck a pound. No kidding. Three pounds for three bucks. You know, two 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 2.8 pounds for, you know, $2.82. Whatever it was, right? And so I bought three of them. And I thought, well, that, that'll get me my meatloaf. That'll get me my manwich. And then uh, pasta sauce. Uh, you know, I, I'll cook up these nine pounds. Or six pounds. No, I take that back. I bought two of them. And then I came home, and I was very excited. I told my wife about it, and she was like, well, why'd you only buy two? And I said, well, I didn't want to, you know, hoard. I didn't want to be gluttonous. And she said, get back in the... I'll put these groceries away. Get back in the car and go get some more. And I was like... And I said, well, how many do you want? She goes, have as many as they have left. And I thought, well, all right. There were only three left. I'll go get those three. I go back to the store, 
and the guys behind the meat counter had restocked it. So now there's eight or ten of these things. And I thought, well, you know, I'm, I'm just going to buy the three. So I got 15 pounds of hamburger for $15. And uh, that was Sunday. And the reason why this stuff was so dirt cheap is that the, the meat was going to need to be sold or thrown out by the 14th. So I was like, well, I'm, then we have to use it like right away or we need to freeze it. So uh, last night, um, my wife and I cooked. Oh, man. I, so in the morning, I had started a, a, a crock pot and we made beef stew. So I had two pounds of, of pot roast meat that I had already cut up and vacuum sealed. So I was cooking that. I cooked that in the morning, threw it in the crock pot. You know, I browned it, threw it in the crock pot, and let that cook all day. After we had dinner, my wife made, you know, because her family's coming to town for Christmas, so we made three pounds of taco meat and then froze it because we can just pull that out and throw it in the crock pot and have a big taco bar. It's three pounds of taco meat. All right, so we're up. We're down to nine pounds. Then... Um, we made two meatloaves out of another three-pound package. So I have two one-and-a-half-pound meatloaves. So now we're, we've used six pounds. Then um, I wanted manwich, so I cleaved a, about a pound of hamburger out of a third package, and then my wife used the other two pounds and made uh, meat sauce. So... We had all of these pots going, and we're just having a grand old time. You know, it's just me and her, and, you know, I'm not saying anything to her, but I'm, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I've succeeded. I've turned my wife into a prepper. She's a prepper. I'm a prepper. Wouldn't you like to be a prepper, too? Be a prepper. Be a prepper. prepper. <laughs> these are the things that go on in my head. So, <laughs> Out of 15 pounds, we've cooked 9 pounds of it, and then the other 6 pounds stayed in the actual uh, the packaging that it came in, and uh, so I just put those in the freezer. Um, we have issues, well, uh, it's more her than me. She doesn't like the taste of, of hamburger once it's frozen, so she's never going to thaw that meat out and make like hamburgers or something, but she will thaw that meat out and brown it up and make... Uh, uh, you know, more taco meat or more meatloaf or more pasta sauce or, you know, some other meat-centric dish. But I got six pounds extra of hamburger and nine pounds that have already been done. Plus, I added the two pounds of, of roast meat that I made into beef stew. So we cooked, I don't know, yesterday we cooked 11 pounds of meat. <laughs> But the point behind all that was, is when you go into these grocery stores and you know that your grocery store does a buy one, get one free roast, for example, I buy two and I get two free. So that gives me four. So what I do is I'll cook one, I'll take another one and I'll go ahead and cut that up into stew meat. And then the other two, I'll just freeze whole. And... What happens is, I don't have to worry about inflation for a time, 
uh, or or incredibly high meat prices uh, for a time because I have I bought extras when it was uh, as inexpensive as possible for me to do so. So that was that. <clears throat> so that was 15 pounds of meat for 15 bucks, and I already had the stew meat. So that one's kind of a freebie, but it was already paid for. And the last thing I want to talk about was I got my concealed carry license renewed, and I, and I was very encouraged by this. Uh, so I went down there during my lunch break. I had to go to a different county because, as I told you before, Franklin County is uh, notorious for dragging their feet. But um, So I went down there, and I, I, I got there. I was the first one there. I went down there during my lunch break. Uh, it was like a 20-minute drive. It wasn't too far. Uh, the Madison County Sheriff's Office, and yeah, it just so happened that there was there were two guys in front of me, and they were almost fully processed. And so I went up to the window, and they asked who I was, and and I said, "Well, I'm here to pick up my renewal license." And da 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 da. And you know, it was a short conversation, two three minutes, um, as they processed me, and then I had to go brown back and get my picture taken and all that. But behind me was just, and I was very happy to see this. It was a wonderful cross-section of the United States population. Directly behind me was a late 20s uh, African-American woman. Behind her what looked like a husband and wife, and they looked like they were farming or farmers. And then behind that person was a, was a soccer mom. The two guys that were in front of me were uh, Arab, and every single one of us was there to either submit our paperwork for the background check to get our initial license, or we were, uh, or they were submitting their paperwork for a renewal, or they were there like me to pick it up after it had been renewed, and they had finished the federal background check. And it, it was funny to me, and the the young lady behind me, she's kind of looking at me, because I kept giggling, I was laughing, because this was just amusing to me, I don't, you know, I, funny thing, you know, odd things make me giggle, make me laugh, and she was like, what's, what are you laughing at, and I said, well, it's just interesting, you know, because you've got this cross-section, you got the, you know, two guys from an Arabic country, you've got, you've got me, you got a soccer mom, looks like a farmer and his wife, and then, then there's you, and it's just, you know, it's the, it's the, the rainbow, <laughs> and she goes, and she turns and she looks and she goes, huh, yeah, I guess you're right. And uh, and she said, well, what are you doing here? I said, well, I, I renewed my concealed carry license and, and uh, the background check's done, so I'm here to pick it up. And uh, she said, oh, I'm, 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 I'm here for the same thing. My, my background check is done. And uh, and I said, I said, you know, you don't have to answer this. And, and I'm always just curious about these things is, you know, what, what compelled you to get uh, your concealed carry license. And she said, oh, well, I drive, uh, she she does uh, DoorDash or something like that, one of those food delivery things. And uh, I do DoorDash in the, in the evenings and, you know, and I live in a not so great area. And I kind of looked at her, I said, you live in the hood? <laughs> she said, kind of, sort of, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. And the other people in line were kind of picking up on this. The two Arabic guys came out, and uh, they had paid their money, and and um, so they were submitting their paperwork for renewal because their licenses had expired. 
And uh, they, so they asked me, they said, well, can, so ours is expired. Can, can we still have our, and I said, don't carry it. You know, that you're going to have a problem. That's if you have an expired concealed carry license and you pull that firearm and you use that, that, that could be a problem. I, I would not recommend you carry it. And they said, well, how long does this take? And I said, oh, it only took me like two weeks. And they were like, oh, okay. Um, but, and then they offered up, they said, oh, well, we own a couple uh, convenient marts um, in the hilltop. And the hilltop in Columbus is kind of like the hood. Um, so it would make sense. And then, you know, the, the soccer mom was like, oh, I travel a lot with the kids and it's just me. And, and uh, you know, my husband's at work, you know, paying for all of these uh, travel teams and, and whatnot. So, it, you know, it's just me. And and I said to her, I said, be careful. Keep, keep an eye on, on the reciprocity. And she said, what do you mean? And I said, well, if you leave the state of Ohio, you need to know that you, you're going to have a problem if you take that gun and you go to a tournament in Illinois or New York. And she was like, oh. I said, if you go south, you're good. So if you, any state south of, of Ohio has concealed carry reciprocity. And she was like, oh, good to know. Thank you very much. And then the, the farmer and his wife, they just kind of looked at me and they were like, how do you know all this? And I was like, I'm a, I'm a firearms dork. I love all things firearms. And, uh, you know, and I said, I told him I was training uh, to be a certified instructor and for people to get the concealed carry license. And, and about this time, this the black lady was like, good. You seem like you know what's going on. I'll tell you what, that guy who didn't mind, I don't think he knew his ass from his elbow. <laughs> we were all just laughing. And the sheriff is listening to all of this. And uh, as I come back around... Uh, he, he calls my name and I go around to take my picture and he said, you know, I was listening to all that and, uh, you know, I think you'd be a really good firearms instructor. You've got a way with people. You're very personable. Um, people kind of grab it. I've watched them all. Then they kind of gravitated to you. You knew your, your, your firearms laws and there was not one single thing that you told those folks that wasn't true. And I said, well, you know, <laughs> I pay attention. But I just thought I'd share that with you because I thought, you know, it, it, A, you never know who's carrying because there is no uh, box that says, um, you know, only these types of people will carry a firearm. I, I, I Two Arabic men, a black lady, uh, an old man and his wife, farmer, a soccer mom, and me. And... Uh, and the sheriff, we were back behind, and the sheriff said, he said, uh, you know, all of all of those people told you uh, why uh, why they were getting their license. And, and he said, but you never said why you got yours. And I said, what, what do you mean? He said, well, why are you getting this? And I just looked at him. Now, mind you, the sheriff is black. And that doesn't matter, but it's important for this part of the story. The sheriff is black, and he asked me why I got my concealed carry license. And I looked at him, and I said, well... Redneck, of course. <laughs> and he just started laughing, and the, the deputies behind him were just carrying. They were like, oh, my gosh, that's the funniest thing I ever heard. And Anyway, so, <laughs> all right, folks. Well, that's the show for, for, uh, for the preparedness show for this week. Um, we're on hiatus uh, for the next two weeks, and I'll be back the first week of January. And uh, uh, I will have hopefully figured out the video component of all of this. 
So, uh, John Jeffers will <laughs> be happy. Um, not sure, you know. I, You know what? The funny thing is, I don't even know how to get to a podcast that's been made on video. I don't, you know, it's an MP4 versus an MP3 file. I get that, but I don't know how watching somebody talk is relevant. But apparently that's the thing. So I'm going to give, a shot, give it a shot and try my hand at it. i got to go during that two weeks and go get uh, go get one of those, uh, some kind of camera to mount somewhere to to videotape me talking into a microphone. I, I don't know. So you get to see me with my pieces of paper and my notes and, uh, you know, me leaning back in my chair and thumbing through my books as I talk to you about a particular topic. So, all right, folks, you guys have a great holiday and a great Christmas and uh, we will talk to you again in the new year. Be good. Bye-bye. Happy Hunger Games and may the odds be ever in your favor.